Planet X Cinema is a pop-up movie theater showing righteous trash cinema. Each week on this show, the Hicks brothers meet to take suggestions for new movie titles from the Planet X faithful and turn them into brand new films. It's fake movies from the minds of madmen. Welcome to the Planet X Cinema podcast. I am Drew Hicks. I'm Blair Hicks, and uh, happy holiday season to you, Drew. Already? Well, it's actually been the holiday season since October the 27th, because that was the day that the first Hallmark Christmas movie of the year dropped. Okay. Christmas at Pemberley Manor dropped on October the 27th. Pemberley Manor. Pemberley Manor, right? How delightfully a feat. Is it a new Hallmark movie, or is, is this a rerun? It's no, this is, this is a new one. They're getting and on that Downton Abbey money, huh? That's, that's right. They're making that sweet, sweet Maggie Smith money without ever being able to afford Maggie yeah. Smith. Um, so, uh, as you know, our mother uh, is obsessed with these things. Yeah, um, yeah. Because she, she knows them all is the craziest part. She knows them all, and she has opinions about them in ways... I, you know, normal people have opinions about, like, you know, politics or the mm. state of the world. Our mother has opinions about Hallmark movies. That which are just, is which is kind of ironic and beautiful in its own way because I I I love our mother. She's great. I feel yeah. like she probably doesn't fully grok our obsession with the sort of movies we love. But then you have to kind of look at her movie watching habits and being like, you're the same way. You're just in this. You're in everything that Matthew McConaughey's ever been in. That's no, your that's your little subgenre. Like, don't if you bring up the move the movie Mud, she's like, let me tell you about Mud. Or if uh, Sandra Bullock was in it, oh my god! Yeah, like she knows all those things. But anyway, uh, I found out that these uh, the Hallmark movies had started, mm-hmm. and I thought we could play a little game uh, that's actually <laughs> no no no. This is Planet X related. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to send you a little something, all right? Okay. Um, text you over a little something. You're going to want to get back to where you can read that. Okay. And we have talked before about possibly doing an episode of the podcast or multiple episodes where we do a lightning round. And I okay. love Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I love this idea. So I was looking at a list of the 2018 Hallmark Christmas movies, which I've just sent to you. Do you have it? Can you see it? I I do have it. I can see it. I thought what might be fun is to take turns, and not all of them will work, but just go down the list, and we'll give each other one, and and then you've got to Planet X that one real quick. Okay. I do want to remind you that it's November 6th while we're recording this. You don't feel like this is a little early? Not for the Hallmark Channel, baby. Fuck, it's not. You're damn. Wow, you're right. Okay, ten twenty-seven. Christmas at Pemberley Manor. Wow. We can do one of two things. Okay. I can either tell you what I think that movie is about, which uh-huh. I think less interesting because they're all about the same fucking thing. Sure. Um, White or, lady finds love at Christmas. If you go down this list, though, there are some <laughs> very Planet X potential types. Okay, so we're going to try to take these and turn them into Planet X movies. Right, and we'll just Great. do... Okay. I tell you, you what, I'll throw one out to you first. Okay, we start at the top. Let's just go down. Oh, you want to you hit them all? Fuck yeah. Let's do them. Okay, well, we'll, let, well do you want to do Pemberley Manor? The first easy, one is... Crazy. Vampire movie. Haunted House yeah. movie. A uh, group of friends is invited to their, their recently deceased or estranged uncle's house. It's a house at Haunted Hill, but with a vampire at Christmas time. Easy. Love it. I love it. 
All right, yours is Christmas Joy. Christmas Joy is a ghost movie. That's simple. The ghost's name is Joy. Mm. Uh, and uh, that could even be a sequel to Christmas at uh, Pemberley Manor. Uh, oh, nice. Christmas okay. Joy uh, being the, the ghost that haunts uh, Pemberley Manor. Oh, and nice. Okay. It's also uh, 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 played by one of the former hosts of The View. Take your pick. Okay. Hit me. Rogue to Christmas. Again, easy. Post-apocalyptic thriller. Uh, we've got to get to the ruins of New York City. Uh, oh, uh, they have to get to um, the big Christmas tree at Rockefeller Plaza. But it's post-apocalyptic. Uh, it's all about, uh, I don't know, it's about like fucking courier package delivery. I'll just steal the thing from last week. It's uh, Road to Christmas. You're trying to get to New York Christmas, uh, but it's post-apocalyptic. I like it. Hit me with one. Uh, yours is It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve is uh, a horror movie. It's a slasher film. Okay. Um, and uh, a group of friends meet on Christmas Eve to exchange gifts. And uh, a, ser a serial killer has trapped them inside of the house. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very much a Halloween-esque film. Uh, See, you had a, a different holiday. Actually. You had an easy one there because you could have done Stephen King's <laughs> It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> the, the, like, the holiday, the... It was the Star Wars holiday special for it. But, uh, okay, all right, all right, my turn, my turn. All right, uh, yours is Christmas in Love. Christmas in Love is about a cyborg stripper named Christmas who falls in love. I, I actually psychically knew that's exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> all right, hit me, let's do it. It has nothing to do with Christmas, but the robot's name is Christmas. Yeah. Uh, your, oh, hey, this is perfect for you. Yours is Christmas at Graceland. Easy, zombie Elvis. That's all there is to that, zombie Great. Elvis. Perfect. Yeah. Um, mingle all the way. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that one's tough to do. Plan. Okay, mingle all the way. First off, excellent title. Well done, Hallmark Channel. That's a cult. It doesn't have a Christmas right in the title. There. That's very rare for them. That is a Colton special. That if yep. we got a Christmas suggestion from Colton Bowen, it would be that. It would be mingle all the way. Oh, okay. Well, in his honor, then, I will submit an extremely Planet X answer, which is it's about uh, all the romantic comedies where people hook up at Christmas, except there's some kind of uh, evil STD that's getting passed around. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, uh, like uh, it follows crossed with a zombie movie that takes place in like, an, it's like the anti-Hallmark Channel movie. They, they have a romantic Christmas, they all hook up, and they all start turning into zombies. I like that very much, actually. Okay, yours is, oh, oh, how regal, Christmas at the Palace. Christmas at the Palace is the conclusion of the Pemberley Manor trilogy. Um, <laughs> Chris, Christmas at the Palace is when the <laughs> Pemberley Manor have, uh, have organized into two factions, and now we're throwing down uh, Battle of Hogwarts style Christmas at the palace. I got one for you. Christmas at Grand Valley. Grand Valley. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. This is a um, this is a dark comedy in the style of Ravenous that's about uh, a group of pioneers who get snowed in at Grand Valley. And they slowly, it's like an ironic thing that it's Christmas. Like they slowly go mad and start eating each other. And it's like a Donner party Christmas kind of thing. 
All right. How's All right. That's pretty good. I, I didn't see that one coming. I like that. Okay. Ooh, this is tough. Okay. I like the challenge, though. It keeps you on your toes. Good game, right? It's a good game. Okay. Yours, uh, coming out uh, November 23rd, in case you're listening to this, is Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe, which well, doesn't work have- as a title. <laughs> It, it it doesn't work as a title, which means it does work as the Planet X film. It's a it's a it's a gothic horror movie, mm. and so that's your Pride and Prejudice. But what's happening is that people are being poisoned with mistletoe, uh, one by one, and um, no one is actually dropping it. It is actually an animate creature made of mistletoe, slowly yeah. slowly poisoning people, and then clinging to the ceiling completely camouflaged Fuck yeah like mimic or something i love that exactly you've got a good one coming up though ooh, november, ooh, okay november 24th christmas everlasting okay i want to do a groundhog's day thing okay uh, so it's like a you keep having to repeat christmas which should be the happiest day of the year but it's it's a nightmare uh and it's about uh oh it's about like a krampus style monster uh that like babadook style psychically inhabits this house and murders the family but just before it does the daughter is able to seal it but in sealing it has to repeat the day that this thing kills her family again and again until she can uh end it and wake up and and christmas is is oh oh it happens on christmas eve there you go so the ending is she wakes up and it's christmas and she wakes up and it's christmas great oh that's really good dude that's really good off the dome I thanks like thanks man okay <laughs> oh god i want to see what oh, you man. do with this one i was uh, dreading this one so much and here you go, uh, a shoe addict's Christmas. A shoe addict. Now, hold on. Before you answer, I do want to say that there there are to date three lost episodes of Planet X, the podcast. That's right. And one of them, I don't want people getting at me, but it was about a foot fetishist. Two of them actually. So, oh my god, I I was so drunk I can't remember one of them. So yeah, we'll release them one day. Don't worry. Uh, please don't. Um, uh, uh, a shoe addict's Christmas. Um, oh, you know what that is? Um, it's it's uh, gnomes that cobble shoes. Ah, like yeah, yeah okay, like troll or leprechaun style. Yeah, it's sort of having a fairy tale setting, kind of Pinocchio esque, like Disney, early Disney type setting, except mm-hmm. for the gnomes come to life and uh, murder the cobbler and his family. Mm, got it. All right, you want like to it. keep going through December? Sure, let's do it. All right, Christmas in Evergreen, colon, letters to Santa. Hallmark, you need to hire an editor. Um, What the fuck? uh, Oh, okay, cool, cool. This is a Needful Things uh, style story where children write letters to Santa, and Mm -hmm. evil Santa answers the letters and does like a Curse of the Magi evil djinn twist on it where like, I just want mom and dad to be happy, and so he comes and kills the kid. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, so it's like needful things where you have to kind of like beat like the evil devil Santa or whatever. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, another kind of regal one for you. You get uh, December 2nd, a majestic Christmas. You know, I think I'm going to go uh, with kind of a sword and sandal or uh, kind of, or at least a sword and sorcery type film with this one. Oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's going to be really fun. I think the ma- majestic refers to the majesty of a king and... Um, he uh, is a murderous king and is cleansing <laughs> and is cleansing his entire court one by one on Christmas Eve of people who have the Christmas spirit, and uh, he is finally devoured um, by a, a hellhound. Um, Beautiful. <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to I'm going to give you one that sounds like a James Franco Seth Rogen vehicle, which is Uh-oh. homegrown Christmas. Okay, I'm going to take your Seth Rogen and raise it to psychedelic mushrooms. This is about a. Uh, it's about a small town in America that has like a wassailing tradition where they go door to door and they get like nice stuff to drink. However, this year, uh, like it, it, maybe it's an accident. It's either a sign. No, it's an evil witch. Fuck it. Let's double down on it. An evil Christmas witch gives everybody psychedelic mushrooms. They start freaking out. Everything turns into anarchy and black magic when a group of teens have to band together to go kill the witch and, wow. uh, and bring back Christmas. Man, your film school degree, you really show it sometimes with your able your ability to put these seamless plots together out of nothing. Out of I have time. I have said it many times on this podcast, you and I have garbage brains. I we, have, like I cannot I can barely remember my wife's middle name, but I can create shitty movies off the fly. Oh, with you, that, you get uh oh, you get Christmas Wonderland. The blandest Hallmark movie title ever. Um, I think Christmas Wonderland is saying something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, well, we see, we're not to the end of the list yet. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Christmas Wonderland, I would like to have some sort of a, a maze, a labyrinth. Uh, uh-huh. uh, so the, the Wonderland is, is maybe a, a theme park or kind of a rustic. That's where or, I went too. Yep. Yeah, a rustic mm-hmm. festival thing, but yeah. it's... It's it's actually you know it's a haunted haunted theme park. Yeah, it's know? a season of the witch thing, right? Where it's oh, like, you know what it is? It's uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a they they have one of those corn mazes things or like a hedge maze. Mm. Uh, Krampus is running through it, killing people. That's nice. what that is. I like that. Uh, what can you do with a gingerbread romance? Okay, I want to do. God, what's the name of it? You might actually know. There's a German folk tale. Hansel um, and Gretel. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's uh, Hans Vankmeyer did a did like a. Fe- I think he did a feature length. He did a feature length movie about it. It's about a family that can't conceive a baby, and so they dig up like the root of a tree that looks like a baby, and they raise it as their own. But oh, it like yeah. keeps growing and growing, and then eventually it like murders them. And so it's a horrible like Grimm's fairy tale kind of thing. That's what this is, but with gingerbread. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm gonna copy paste. Yeah, all that. Oh my! They can't conceive. Woman makes a giant gingerbread baby, falls irrationally in love with it. They start raising it as their own. It does actually come to life, and it it just starts murdering people. Okay. Uh, you, God, I feel like I'm getting all the good ones because you got entertaining Christmas. <laughs> um, uh, so this is actually a movie about um the spirit of secular Christmas. And uh, oh. a family is trapped um, in their home. I'm doing a lot of trapped in the home things, but um, Christmas manifests. Well, tapping, to- but you're tapping into that primal thing that people hate about Christmas, which is being locked in the house with loved ones. With your family, yeah. That's my right. God. Like, nothing <laughs> Except for you and me, because we'll just be watching The Giver. Um, mm-hmm. But um, entertaining Christmas, I think that they must, they must, a la jesters perform for the spirit of secular Christmas, lest he become enraged and finally kill them. The irony of a secular spirit is not lost on me. That's very good. <laughs> it's good, right? How about, okay, I got one for you. Dean, you are getting all the good ones. Christmas copy. Christmas copy. Now see, I, in my real job, I do work as a copywriter and designer. So this immediately makes me think of that, but we're gonna go the other way. Uh, Cloning? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to go with, um, oh, oh, easy. Uh, uh, mom dies just before Christmas. Dad's a mad scientist. He clones her, brings her back. 
the children are weirded out because mom's back. Mom comes back not quite right because she is a Christmas copy. Um, right. So they have to kill her with an icicle or something, and then everything's resolved. And dad's like, okay. oh, I guess he meets, he meets a nice lady along the way, and they get remarried. Sure, fair enough. I like it. Right. Uh, oh, this one's good. Christmas made to order. Well, obviously, this is a robot film. I mean, I think that this is clearly a, a movie where a family can't afford their own uh, Christmas decorations, but a la Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the father's like an inventor, and he makes all these Christmas decorations, um, and then they come to life as uh, mm. software robots, and a la a third act in a Philip Dick novel, decide they don't want to be Christmas decorations and then proceed to slowly murder the family, which is my reoccurring motif for all of my, my Christmas films. And that, I'm really working out a lot of issues. Yeah, they're just, they're directed at me with an ax is my only concern. You're the only one I'll spare. Um, we only have two left. Okay, one more. Hit me, hit me. What do, what do I have? December 25th, Christmas. They drop this one. When calls... The Heart Christmas. Well, that see, is I like that title. When Calls the Heart Christmas. When Calls the Heart Christmas. That's very evocative. I like that a lot. It sounds golden age of Hollywood. Even. See, okay, I'm so glad you said that because where I immediately went was let's keep it wholesome. This is a this is a 1950s black and white holiday themed slasher flick where a guy and his sweetie get caught in a cabin in the woods. There's a killer on the loose and they have to make their way out of the snowy woods while this axe man is trying to get in and local small town cops are trying to get to them too and so there's lots of like eh, it's like the last act of the shining mixed with like friday the 13th but made more wholesome and shot in black and white okay great i like it I like that's it a good note to go on i feel good about that okay uh your last one is uh i like this too this comes out uh december 29th so after christmas you still need that little that little christmas mm, mm, uh they've got you <laughs> over at the hallmark channel which is focus on love well, Focus on Love is kind of going to be the opposite of everything else I've had. Um, I, I think this is another haunting movie, uh, but I think mm -hmm. what happens is there's an evil spirit. Um, uh, there are several, uh, it's extended family staying in a large house, a mansion, kind of like mm -hmm. an Agatha Christie setting. Mm -hmm. um, but um, this, this spirit um, feeds on hatred, and this is a very combative family. So they must manifest feelings of love in order to keep the spirit at bay and there are all these struggles back and forth but in order to finally vanquish that evil spirit they actually do have to love each other that's great and well, that's our little game 2018 hallmark christmas movies planet that X. Was good no that was really fun and it, it proves to me the concept that the, that the rapid fire thing is actually really fun i i, I just thought that would be a fun little game to you're get not wrong though this this is like i i guess what this teaches us though is that it is, it's a Rorschach test, right? You could give us any title, which, by the way, we take every week your suggestions for hypothetical movie titles. We turn them into fully fleshed out movies. You can do it at our website, planetxcinema.com by clicking on submit or by emailing us planetxcinema at gmail.com. You could send us garbage like a shoe addict's Christmas, and you and I, because we have idiot garbage brains, would sit here for 60 minutes and figure out who was in that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's murderous gnomes. I mean, it's not, that's the, that's. So you know, Warwick Davis is in it. <laughs> Davis is probably in it. Like, depending on how old it is, we might get Billy Barty in there. I don't fucking know. Um, but <laughs> yeah, or it could be uh, it could be fucking uh, Dorf. It could be Tim O'Connor. down on Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the other thing that this proves, as long as we are talking about suggestions, is that we do talk to a lot of people. We talk to people at screenings, and the weird thing is that some of my friends are still like, "I'll send you titles when I have good ones." I'm like, "Don't." No. Send 
<laughs> do not wait. Do not sit on that one. Don't like just send the worst, dumbest thing. It'll be way well, more. And I'll I'll tell you an anecdote, man. I mean, one of our one of our favorite episodes to both perform and from feedback to listen to, right? Was Hard Eagles too, and that came from me literally hanging out with Cameron, going, "Hey, we have this podcast. Can you give me a title?" And he goes, "Hmm, Hard Eagles too." <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, that's what, like, we keep talking about how Ben, my friend uh, Ben, kills, uh, sent, kills sent us a bunch of bangers. He just sits down, like, yeah, drinks a beer, types out eight pieces of just righteous, surreal garbage, <laughs> and they're so good. And they're good. Speaking of which, it is our job this week not to do rapid fire, but to actually create a film. Yeah, we're not here to talk about Christmas movies on this podcast. We take your suggestions for hypothetical new righteous trash movies, and we uh, fully flesh them out for you. Uh, it's a service we provide to the community as the uh, producers and proprietors of Planet X Cinema, so uh, you're welcome. Uh, and this week, we have a movie title. I come to you with uh, Ryan Walker submitted this one. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you. Ryan brings us mm -hmm. Go Go Ghouls. Oh, Go-Go Ghouls is good. There's no hyphen in Go-Go, but I think we could put one in there if we wanted to. So oh, it could so be... You don't go want it to be the, the swinging 60s? See, that's or... where I went. I want to do the swinging 60 ghouls, because oh. I think it'd be fun to go back and do that, but but I'm willing to entertain Go-Go Ghouls. Like, go, go, you ghouls. Yeah, that makes me... I think if we go with Go-Go Go-Go power range like we go to go yeah. go Google. i i think what we'll end up doing is 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 more like a crypt crusher film we've yeah, already so it's gonna be like drag racing again right yeah let, why not we 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 did the beats and the greasers we can mm -hmm. take a stab at the 60s if you want swinging london maybe yeah that's exactly yeah i'm thinking like mods and uh the the, the girls with the beehive and the short skirts with the high boots and the Austin Powers and the, <laughs> the yeah, babies. There has to be a character named Percival. <laughs> they call him Percy. Percy. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. Um, okay, I like I like this. this oh, but you know, you're into you're into something though. Like, okay, we're in London. There's like there's clubs. There's young people are staying out too late. Old people aren't happy about it. They're they're driving their scooters. They're listening to. Their loud music and they're having sex and enjoying it and all the worst well, no, go go's go go's and mods right like they that's kind of the same thing right like they're all in the same world well go go's i i think are just the dancers in the cages right yeah yeah they were dancer girls in the 60s right right during the swinging 60s yeah 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 or like, like the mods right like the pencil thin suits riding around on like vespas and listening to the rolling stones and and the who yeah and the who yeah okay like british pride and all that stuff yeah, exactly. Union Jack jackets and things like that. All right, so how do we get some ghouls into that world? And we've got to decide what that means, because there are movies of this era that take ghoul just generically to mean monster. Oh, this is a very good question. How do we define ghoul? Yeah, how do we? I mean, because we could go fun, love, and monster squad, and now we've got vampires and werewolves and whatever else. We sure. could be undead. We could, we could do a zombie film. We've kind of been avoiding doing one. Um, um, it could be ghosts. Well, I don't. I don't have anything against zombie films. It's just sometimes it feels like low hanging fruit. This doesn't feel like doing a zombie film. Well, and that's that's fruit. a good point. We've we've talked about it in two or three episodes, but like I think our aversion to doing zombie films is not our hatred of the zombie genre because both of us 
I, I love I love zombie movies. They're all great. I said um, last episode the only thing I do every year on Halloween since I was yeah. a kid watch Dawn of the Dead. I mean, a, a zombie the, would not do that. But the formula is so set, right? Like there's some zombies, there's some survivors. They're gonna. Sh- it's Dawn of the Dead. You're making Dawn of the Dead every single time, unless you go way off script. The beats are pre-written is the thing with the zombie film, right? Yeah. Even the the Romero zombie films still kind of hit similar. You know, that's, yeah, that's really funny that, yeah, that's a really good way to say it because I feel like the vampire genre doesn't have that. I mean, it has some of that, but it doesn't really have that. The slasher movie genre kind of has that, like, oh, the teens are having sex, so they're definitely going to die. But then you get like, Friday the 13th, he like jumps into people's dreams. Like there's some pretty out there slasher flicks. Oh, slasher, slasher movies. I mean, like, and then you get to Hellraiser and you're almost doing like a science fiction movie in a lot. Of yeah. Or like Pumpkinhead where it's like, what the fuck are we even doing? Like, yeah. So I feel like it, it, that is weird though, that you mentioned that like, as like just a, a critique, I guess, of the genre, it does seem like the zombie thing's pretty stale because they're all kind of samey. And, right, and that's not, why they, maybe that's not, why they always try to do like zombie movie plus comedy or zombie movie plus like, it right, kind of, it's the attempt even, to keep it fresh, but it doesn't really work. Even if you look at World War Z, if you and and I, I swear this is true, like if you watch like World War Z, which is an interesting movie, um, mm-hmm. it's not my favorite movie, but it's an interesting film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at uh, like Day of the Dead, the beats are basically the same. Um, yep. Stories are very different. The locations are very different, but the characters are kind of similar. The themes are sort of similar, and you sort of know when that next little bit of action is going to happen in between mm. these long bouts of people just talking because you can't you can't show zombies all the time. That's why they finally made them run. I think after a while, as they were like, <laughs> these movies are so slow. We can speed speed them up somehow. Just let the zombies run. It's funny though. You yeah, like even in Twenty Eight Days Later, which I guess to my knowledge is the first one where they could really run. Uh, yeah. It's still kind of like, okay, a guy wakes up in a horrible world. He goes through some trials. His his buddies get eaten. He watches people he loves, like, die. He meets some psychotic people who are more powerful than him physically. And in the end, he ends up tricking them and overcoming them and slipping out. And, like, that's still basically pretty much most zombie movies. Yeah, you know, you get a little bit of social allegory. Oh, what yeah. does that yep. stand for? Is it consumerism? Is it racism? Is it, you know, what like, what is it? But it, And not that doesn't mean that zombie movies are bad. They do have a formula that, yeah they're, that's right they're not bad they're just a little more formulaic than right. most of the movies and so it's not it's not fun for us so okay so we're not gonna do zombies but we've got ghouls and we've got go-go's um you know what actually this is a good excuse to early on have you tell us a little bit about the soundtrack to this movie i will do that and in exchange i would like for you to be thinking about fell creatures of english folklore well, my, oh. well, I'm just saying, well, you want to do a little mutual exchange, we can do it. Sure, you um, do what you're good at, and I'll do what I'm good at. Yeah, so, that's, like... By the way, listeners, that's not a joke. That is not a joke <laughs> at all. Um, I, I, I think when, when you think about mods, you, you have to think of the first, the very first Who record, which in the States was called... Uh, my, my generation, but it w- was not called that in the UK. Mm-hmm. But it's very much that like clean R and B played as loud as humanly possible, mm-hmm. um, and it makes it makes for great music. Like the first, the first Who record, the first two Kinks record. Although kind of Kinks, 
gets away from it. The first Kinks record, not so much. Very mod. Like, fun, groovy beats. But you have to remember, that plays into the go-go dancing because they're all doing the twist and stuff in these cages. And it's to those big kind of, you know, you really got me, beat mm -hmm. my generation. If you think about them, they all have almost like surf beats in overdrive, right? And that's... Yeah. that's you're also talking about like it, the shadows aren't a mod band, but you hear that like dun, 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 guitar mm. music. That's also very isn't mod. It, isn't it also like a lot of the like, and I, I could be totally off base here, but I, when I think of that music, I think of like a lot of like electric organ, like, yeah, like uh, swinging beats, right? With like kind of kooky like organ solos and stuff. It's not prog right. rock yet. It's, it's like it's like pre-prog rock, <laughs> and it's it's sort of the what I would call the safe rock music. Although it wasn't safe at the time, but but the other things that were going on were like the Sid Barrett Pink Floyd, which was just insane. Mm. Uh, and so it wasn't it wasn't the mods weren't truly psychedelic, but they were a little bit psychedelic. They definitely weren't hippies. Um, but there was a no. little bit of that flower power stuff. You know, you see go-go dancers and they always have body paint on. Um, you know, mm -hmm. like, it, I know this sounds dumb, but like Batman 66, that kind of camp is a oh, good- Oh, that's great. Okay, that's a really good reference point for that's me. That's a good touchstone yeah. okay. for kind of like mod humor as opposed to hippie humor. I like that's it. Stateside. It's stateside. So you would you would have to think more on the other side of the pond that it would be more like, you know, Dudley Moore and things like that. No, but that makes a ton of sense, right? Like it's really wacky and graphic and like, like graphics actually a really good touch point for me too, because it's like the the who symbol, right? Which is just like a, a, a target, basically, right? Or like it's like skinny blue suits with red ties. It's like very like or like the, even like the Vespas and the scooters and stuff they rode around they rode around on the very iconic, right? Yeah, very, um, and everything is very, like, everything is very clean. Everything is very... Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not like the, they're not like the, the cafe racer greaser guys. They're not, they're not the hippies yet, to your point. Although some of them, I guess, become hippies. They look like ska musicians. <laughs> you know, they were, and they, that was also that first, around this that... First, first wave ska, yep. Mm -hmm. First wave of ska, and so they were, they were a part of that as well. So it's, okay. yeah, skinny ties in suits as opposed to like bell bottoms and okay so here it my i my okay you asked me about english folklore and folk well, if monsters there, and if there was something that would fit the definition of a ghoul that would i mean it's so much so much of like the literature on english folk monsters is about black dogs like the right. Vargast and the Beast of Exmoor, and which is actually like a big black cat, but still big black animals that roam around. So there's not, I don't feel like there's a ton there we can do with. What it did make me think of is like the fair folk, which is really more Irish and Welsh, but like the Fae or the Tuatha Dé like there are some, we could do something, right, with these beautiful go-go girls who are attracting men to this club and then they're actually killing them or they're sucking them dry, right? And they're finding their corpses still in their beautiful suits. Like something about like, okay, like, okay, like the, like the other world, right? Like they, they come into the club and they, you're not, when, you're, when you go into the other world or when you see a fairy, you're not supposed to eat their food, right? Because you could be trapped there forever. So what if it was like the coolest club in London that all the mods are going to and these beautiful go-go ghouls are enticing men and then sucking them dry or something? I really like this, and 
one of the reasons I really like that is that we have not done a true 60s B flick. Yeah, right? Okay, we got to go there, right? It'll, it'll, it'll make casting difficult. <laughs> I guarantee you, though, we can, we can think of one That's or two. okay. We can be out of our element on casting. No, no, no. But, but I think we should actually do one. I think we should do, like, 60s okay. B movie. I just watched a British B movie, which is really cool. <laughs> I just watched one called Beat Girl the other day from sixty one or sixty two. Oh, I, I haven't seen Beat Girl. Yeah, no. Uh, somebody put a bunch of English like kitchen sink dramas on YouTube. Not a ton, but I was looking for some to watch. I kind of like that genre very much. The most popular ones are like Loneliness of a Long Distance Runner, Saturday Night, Sunday Morning, all those Alan Silto adaptations. They're very beautiful. Do you want to explain what a kitchen sink is? I can. Like a kitchen sink drama kind of... The, oh, welcome. Sorry. Welcome to BBC Blair's uh, Information Corner. <laughs> okay. Insert stinger. Well, yeah, kitchen kitchen sink dramas um, kind of ascended at the same time as the Angry Young Men uh, movement in UK literature, which was and this cinema. and cinema. That's the, the movies I was talking about are Angry Young Men films. All mm-hmm. Tom Courtenay is like he's the actor, right? He's in Loneliness of Long Distance Runner. Yeah, fucking. Um, but yeah, kitchen sink dramas are always these like very harsh slice of life post-war British films. And so they're typically about people who, uh, the the generation, uh, the the children of the so-called greatest generation, which we talked Mm -hmm. about before, but basically kids who grow up in this this devastated Britain, and a lot Mm -hmm. of them are set in like northern towns where they have to work in factories and these these dead-end jobs, and basically all they want to do is sort of make money and go get drunk, and it's this aimlessness and ennui. It's not all that dissimilar from films like The 400 Blows and stuff. It's the similar type of things, although they tend to be young adults Mm -hmm. and just very... Yeah, it's a little more similar to like Italian neorealism. Right, because it's not, it's not like post-war on we, but like 10 or 20 years later when those children have grown up. Right. Um, So it's, 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 yeah, yeah, I see, I see the comparison with 400 Blows for sure. It's very stark though. It's not played for camp. If you play it for camp, then it becomes a soap opera. Mm -hmm. This is the opposite. This is so if you take like a young couple and the, the woman becomes pregnant, that's a perfect plot for a kitchen sink drama yeah i would compare that to like uh pierre lafoe right pierre the fool which is like a french film of the same era of the angry young men in in england but like played like kind of grimly comedically like absurdist sort of comedy laughing at how sort of like meaningless everything is these the angry young men films were not that at all they were very in in some sense really tough to watch i'm not i'm not familiar with the literature as much as i am with the movies obviously but like well, I was just going to say a lot of the movies were adapted from the writers, right? There's a, mm-hmm. there's a writing scene and, and a lot of it happened in the theater too. And then those plays would become adapted either for the BBC or actually um, from the, the two I mentioned are my two favorite. They're Alan Silito adaptions, but like to your point, there is humor in it. There's very, but it's very dark. Okay, so humor. We're not doing. We're not doing that. 
Okay. We're really going off a rail here, aren't we? No, that's fine. We got there naturally. And, and let's steer it back. So we're not doing that with Go Go Ghouls. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to... How, yeah. how do you feel about not undead, but otherworldly go-go dancers? Like, I'm thinking like uh, cat women from the moon. Like, right. they're just yeah. like weird and like sort of a little bit robotic, but like weirdly beautiful. And they're able to kind of seduce whoever they want. And so now you have this like succubus coven of go-go girls who are enticing these scooter gangs and, and, and boys. I was going to say, like, it, it, it has to be a scooter gang, right? It has to be like three or four scooter riding guys, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, I, like, I, I see, like, yeah, there's, like, a main guy and a girl he's sweet on, and she doesn't like him hanging out at the club with the guy smoking cigarettes all the time. And, but he's still going, and then, like, his friends start to get seduced by the go-go dancers. Well, I, to, w- a real quick point. I don't think anyone in the 60s has any problem with anyone smoking. I think, <laughs> I think so. Well, no, what I meant, no, no, okay. What I meant was like, she's like, I don't like the way, I don't like the way those awful cigarettes taste. Like, <laughs> you know, I, like, hey, who cares? We went, <laughs> we went way, way longer than I thought we would before one of us did a horrible Cockney accent. So congratulations to us for holding well, out. Yeah, yeah. The secret is I can only do shades of Russell Brand. <laughs> That's pretty Cockney, so you're all right there. Um, I li- I like it very much. I-, I I like a simple premise of these sort of like fairy folk go go dancers. They they basically there's a group of mods that hang out there. I think I think all we have to do is sort of figure out like what why why do they decide to finally trap them? And then is that is that the movie like the they're they're hanging out there that's their hangout mm-hmm. um, and all of a sudden they are trapped one night and these go go dancers show their true colors is that they're you know fey folk well I think and, I think we can do like a sort of a, a battle to get out or or what well I think I think we can do a like a kind of a drawn out version of the second act of From Dust Till Dawn. So, okay. so if you if you take the first act as we set up, like there's uh, there are simultaneously two things. There's there's a gang of cool scooter mod guys, and we get to see them drive around with them and their birds doing whatever. And I don't even know if that's the right fucking slang for the time. It is. But, You're fine. Great. <laughs> and then simultaneously, that there's there's this it's a duck a lot called girls duck. Yeah, it's okay. a term of affection. So uh, there's there's a second thing that's happening, which is that an old church, something, warehouse, well, some kind of old abandoned building is suddenly the hottest club in town. And the gang gets invited by either somebody in the gang or, or another gang that's like, you got to go to this club. It's the coolest place in London. And they're like, yeah, all right, cool. I mean, we'll go down there. There's nothing in that neighborhood, though. That neighborhood's like, it's totally abandoned and blown out because of the war great they get down there and they're like why is this place swinging and it ends up being this like incredible club full of go-go dancers which at the end of the movie we find out they've always been there they've just like they've glamored the entire place to look like the coolest go-go club i think what we should do is uh, it should either be in an old i would very much like it to be in an old church because i think then we have like um an old vicar who is the sort of trying to be the voice of reason to these these young boys right because he knows the evils that are there oh that's cool yeah okay yeah yeah nearby the because it's a 60s b movie though you could get like a hammer person you could get like peter cushing my all-time favorite 
to play like an old vicar who's like, you know, children, you know, you're on, you're on a dangerous path. You don't know the evil in this place. No, no, no. I'll, tell you, okay, I'll make it one better. He, uh, he's the vicar of a priory or whatever across the street or within eyeshot of this place or, or like within a block or two. Like he can, oh, that's what it is. He can hear the music pounding on his window in his study. And yes. so he's out there like, children, no, don't go in there. Like that place wasn't always a go-go club. <laughs> 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 and they're like, oh, whatever, old preacher. Like, we're young. We can do whatever we want. And he's like, no, seriously, they're like demons. <laughs> Don't fucking do it. <laughs> they will fucking end you. I am not joking. <laughs> I like that very much. And I, I, I mean, if That's you a good character. Care, That's fun. Oh, and I, then, of course, oh, my God, of course, after the gang gets thinned out enough in the second act, the hero has to go to the vicar and be like, boy, look, I finally believe you about all them fairy ladies. <laughs> like, what we do? And then it's the equivalent of the last scene in Dust Till Dawn where they get, like, the water, the super soakers full of holy water and the steak crossbows. Like, they, they, for some reason, they're like, we got to go in and get something or rescue our friend or whatever. This is so perfect. Or they got Sally or whatever. No, this, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. No, that's great. That This is perfect, too. We really should, I'm not just saying this as a super fan, we should put Peter Cushing in it. It's it's Hammer Arrow. Well, no, he, but you know, he was my favorite Van Helsing and all of the- Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. He can play it. He can knock it out. So like, you go like, that's great. That's a great character. These young mods, that's nice. We don't have to cast them. We don't have to cast the go-go dancers. Can um, I say something though? In my head, I'm seeing yeah. the sidekick cop from the first Mad Max movie. He has super short blonde hair. And he rides around on a motorcycle. His name's like Goose or something. I can't remember. He's just like, he's almost like a, he's like a shitty low rent Australian Paul Newman. That's great. No, he's that's... like skinny, gaunt, super short, like bleach blonde hair. Yeah. And British B movie in the sixties, getting an Australian actor, totally reasonable. Like, I see that's... this. And, and by the way, like, I don't know if this is right or not. I see this as a movie where like a lot of the guys snap after their sentences inexplicably where they're like, it's time to go. Yeah, exactly. What? What, is it like? what does that signify? Period, I guess? Like, hey, another drink. <laughs> you know, it's funny, too, because Hammer Horror is actually helping me sort of visualize it a little it's bit. It's a very I, good, yeah, it's a very good framework. I actually do think of it as sort of one of the early color Hammer pictures. So it's not, it's not oh, big. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's the 60s, it's go-go. We talked about Batman 66. So, like, when you're in that club, having mm -hmm. those kind of, psychedelic lights mm -hmm. and things like that will give it a nice look and then when it's shown that it's a horror film then you already have all these lights going you can play with that it makes a very eerie environment you know yeah. you can easily turn a dance club into a very sinister place quickly just with lighting changes and it's not unreasonable at all to think you know what, what are we talking like 60 Six, sixty-seven, something like that. You know, that's totally reasonable. No, in fact, that makes a ton of sense because, like, they did. Um, I can't remember which. So, by the way, I can't remember which Dracula movie Peter Cushing was in that they did. I know they did Dracula. He was in Legend of Dracula, and then they did. Well, Dracula's the, Risen or Risen Dracula, something like that. He's in the first one, Dracula, known as Horror of Dracula. Fifty-eight Dracula, right? Right. It's okay. Known as, okay. It's known well, as horror. Uh, horror Dracula, but he the second one is the Brides of Dracula. He's also in that. Um, okay, also in the in the fifties, yeah. Okay. Um, so so what I was gonna say is is it's actually good timing because 
in the towards the end of the the 60s and 70s certainly towards like the middle 70s right hammer horror kind of like totally went out of business because uh like a lot of small horror shops did in the 60s because horror caught on in america and so you start to get like slasher films in the late 70s and like all the big budget horror from the 80s that we remember like child's play and i ran on street and all that stuff so a lot of the small b shops actually like couldn't compete like roger corman stuff like couldn't compete at all anymore and so it's perfect if in like the mid 60s 65 hammer puts out this film that's like maybe this will appeal to the kids <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like the titles escape me because i watch mo- mostly the you know dracula frankenstein mm-hmm. yeah yeah but they did make some really weird team oh yeah yeah flicks. so i think yeah i, I think, think hammer's perfect no this is great um okay so it's just that lost lost hammer film that just never really caught on or something like that you know no this feels good though this feels like somebody within hammer was like what we need to be doing is making not like old horror movies like dracula and frankenstein but new horror movies modern horror right right and we'll make a go-go film that's really good dracula 72 where they set christopher lee dracula in 1972 right yeah yeah so it's no i love it i i I think it's It's, great it's yeah it's uh it's vampire in brooklyn it's Which I saw in the theater. Did you really? I, I didn't did. know that. The Eddie Murphy vampire movie? Shit. <laughs> I saw it in the theater. I totally did. Wow. I, um, speaking of bad uh, uh, vampire movies that you may not know, I have seen. I also saw Bones with Snoop Dogg and for years had a cup. <laughs> I had. We used to get free swag when I did college radio. And mm-hmm. for some reason, we got a shit ton of plastic cups that were white and said Bones in blood letters on the side of them. And I had it for years. Yeah, seen that one a couple times too. I'm pretty sure I underage drank out of that cup at some point. <laughs> I pretty sure I, I have a pretty distinct like, memory of drinking yeah. like rolling rock out of that cup <laughs> oh rolling rock is general you were pro- generous you were probably schlitz blue bowling it out of that bad boy if you were at mike don't listen mom turn it off that's um you don't want to hear these stories but we will be watching hallmark christmas actually mom just don't listen to this episode mom. for us for us abandon your sons we, we should be <laughs> you deserve better <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i want to pause for a second from go go ghoulies because we've we've actually got to give this the thing a plot which it doesn't really have yet because i looked up some actual 1960s mod slang this comes from the bbc's website and i want to play a little game with you mr i know everything about bbc i don't but okay i'll play a game i like games all right i'm gonna give you a word and you tell me what it means in mod slang all right i will try I will try my very best. Lay it on me, dude. Lay it on me. Number one, face. Face? Face. F-A-C-E, as in blank off. Oh, like is that like putting your makeup on? Like when you slab, put your slab, slab your makeup on or something? Pretty close. A face is a good mod. Someone with the right clothes, the right haircut, and the right taste in soul music and ska. And especially... My God, English slang is so fly. All right. An especially good mod would be an ace face, or more properly, the ace face. The ace... Well... Now, see, I'm I'm hoping that in the second half of this whole Go Go Ghoulies discussion, we get to use some of these. All right, what about a... uh, Oh, oh, this would be compared to a ticket, which is a bad mod, someone still wearing last week's fashion. Ooh... Also, somebody with too many mirrors on his scooter. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. 
What about what about a flash kick? A flash kick? A flash is kick. A, is a flash kick a really fly scooter? No, I'm sorry. A flash kick is a delightful experience or a giddy thrill. God damn, this is fun. Give me another one. Okay. Uh, let's try deck. D-E-C-K. Uh, also known as decking. Decking, a verb? To deck? Yeah, to deck or decking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a verb. Um, is it uh, a- and I, you, you deck somebody, by the way. You knock them out? No, actually, it's poking fun at them. So uh, not like our current, like, deck, like, he got decked. Right. It's like, uh, did you see me decking those tickets? What a flash kick, somebody might say. What a hoopy fruit I am. That's right. <laughs> Dig that hoopy for a prefix. There's a fruit that really knows where his towel's at. Right. All right. Uh, oh, okay. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. A number. That's a noun. Well, I, I know it's a noun. <laughs> well, I don't know. It could be like to number somebody. I don't fucking... They're playing oh, no, no, ball with the fucking enough. language okay, over there. No. So. <laughs> I, was, I was being shitty. I'm sorry. Fair enough. All I'm right. trying to help you. This doesn't even say it's a noun. I was just reading ahead for you. Is a number like a member of a gang? Uh, no, it's it's actually... It's a run-of-the-mill mod, if you can imagine such a thing. Uh, it's like a... a well, that's ordinary... what I meant. Just like a face in the crowd. Like, yeah, we got a, we got a number oh. here, and a number there, and a number here, and a number... That's what's, what my guess Yeah, was. yeah, yeah. Okay. G- yes, then you're correct. It is somebody who is counted among a herd. Okay. That, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, you know. Like, yeah, they're not special, but they're like... They're considered part of the scene. They're just a number. They're just a whoever. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Last one. No, that was pretty close. That was pretty close. All right. I'll I'll get. I'll try to give you a clue on the last one here. All right. Uh, Gab up. G A B up. Gab up. And uh, this has to do with. Is it as simple as hitting on somebody? No. Although although it seems related, it's to get dressed. Something that would take a very long time indeed. So it's like. I was going to guess either to, to hit on somebody or to, like, get gussied up. Yeah, it's gussied it up. It's gussied, gussied up. up. Okay, gussied okay, up. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is good. Okay, so faces are good mods. Tickets are bad mods. A flash kick is a good time. A number is just a nobody. And gab up means to get dr- – oh, well, all right, all right, all right. We're all going to die. Now, don't lose it. I'm the ace face around here. Yeah. <laughs> or, or even, yeah, even better, like, hey, honey, never seen you in here, like – Who's your friend? Oh, him. He's an ace face. That's uh, that's Johnny. He's the leader of our gang. He's like, hey, quit. quit. This is a real flash kick. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great. Oh, I just found another one. The What's term it? for fighting is to jump through. So like, oh, if wow. you'd be like, you'd, yeah, you'd be like, all right, all right, ace face. What do you want to do? I'm not just some number. I'm with you. And he'd be like, uh, let's jump through him. And then like, ah, let's go rough it up. I don't know why I did like, like, a, like a Brooklyn accent. Let's jump through that mess of numbers over there. Yeah, yeah, tickets. That mess of tickets. Oh, mess of tickety numbers over there. I like ticket too, because this doesn't explain the etymology, but I have to imagine it's like, it's something cheap and papery that you just like tear up. I like it's it. It's like, yeah, hey, it's just paper. Like what you're wearing, what you, the whole, your whole attitude is like, hey, you just did a little ticket. Like, all right. So we have we have we have a movie with a lot of vocabulary and a lot of uh uh context and no plot. Okay, but like service dogs, I want to emphasize that I can imagine this is how Hammer Brothers would have developed this movie. <laughs> they would have been like, oh, I don't I'm know the plot, right, but it's I got exactly. it's got fairy girls, it's got guys on scooters, and it's got a bunch of shitty slang. You know, like the the 
the true B movies from the because the best Hammer films are wonderful films, they're beautiful films, you know. The but but like you know B movies, which we both love, you know that there's not a whole lot going on. Well, but hold on. But I think I think there's a framework that those movies provide that we can use for this movie. So, Act One, we are introduced to our cool gang, and sure. their and their cool girls, such as they are, and they hear about oh. the cool they hear about the cool oh. new club. Hold on, hold on. They, they hear about the cool new club in town. They head in. A couple of them get knocked over. Uh, they don't really think anything of it. They think they just got drunk and don't show up the next day. Whatever. But they they keep going back to this club, and every time they do, they're losing members of their gang, and other gangs are losing members to this club. I like they figure it. out something fishy is going on, and the vicar across the street is like, that thing, that place is haunted. Those are like demons from the other world. And they're like, hey, we don't believe in your god or whatever. He's like, I'm, this is older than the gods. This is the old gods, whatever. Like, this is fairy folk, whatever. You just uh, hate our swinging music, old man. Right. And he's like, I don't give a shit about your swinging music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I've cast Joe Pesci in this role. Because like, <laughs> you know, it has to be like, I don't care about your music. <laughs> I so want the first the first shot of the movie, you know, which happens under the credits mm-hmm, at, at that mm-hmm. time, is just, is just like very sharp cuts of them from different angles riding their scooters in downtown London, walking the streets, talking yeah. to people, like just, oh running, yeah. Running out of stores with stolen cigarettes. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so, so anyway, to get back to it, the vicar warns them, whatever they head back we'll have to do some stuff here but in the end they basically what we're going to do is use the old like to to use these old b movies or whatever it's finally time to like confront dracula they have to kick down the door to his inner sanctum they have to deal with his harem and then they have to finally annihilate him so they're going into the club and they're gonna like kick down doors and like try to get to the back rooms and whatever and these go-go girls in their like cool little short skirts and their high boots when they look at the camera it does that thing where it like freeze frames and crossfades and they have like cat eyes and fangs and it's like oh yeah and then they have to like fight cat people cat women from the moon go-go girls and that's when it's all this instrumental like organ music with the surf beat and it yeah and and i would like i would like think on this i would like for them to have a way to to get rid of them maybe the vicar tells them like touching them with silver will kill them or something so they have some method to like when they hit them we when they hit them we do that thing where it like they pause the frame and then they restart it but like with a smoke cloud so they're just like popping like like you know I was trying to we can't we can't have guys with brass knuckles hitting go-go tape. No, no, what, that's what I was thinking is that you know, mods famously wore buttons like punks later did on their Oh jacket. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Little like lapel there, pins. If there was a way to like prick people like, you know, you gotta prick them behind the ear or something. You know, I know it sounds dumb, but you know, like vampires you put a stake through. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a maybe that maybe, you know, like sunlight, you know, like they don't they never leave the club. Well, yeah, I like that. I like that they don't leave the club. That's cool because it keeps them in that location. Uh, I think we can add to that, though, actual English folklore, which is that they abhor iron. So the tradition of hanging like a horseshoe over your door, that's all to keep the fair folk out. So maybe oh. it's maybe it's as simple as having, they have like an eye, oh, that's it. They have like iron needles or something, iron nails. And if they prick them, then they pop like balloons into just mist. They also made a lot of, uh, we're still making a lot of kettles, I just looked up, out of well, iron. Beat them to death with kettles? That's even worse than just punching them. 
Yeah, but it's very English. <laughs> you know, with the, they make tea in the kettle. <laughs> they just splash them with tea. <laughs> no, they hit them with. Never mind. I'm, I'm, how do you feel about how do you feel about iron needles? I feel I feel I feel great. Can, like I they said, prick the girls and they pop into mist like balloons. Well, that's what I'm saying. And they can use their buttons on their jackets that are like little Union Jacks and little. Sure. Great. You know, Love it. All right. Uh, and I think they get that information from our Peter Cushing the vicar. vicar. Yeah, of course, the vicar. Uh, do you? I kind of want the vicar to die. I feel like Peter Cushing is the kind of person to be like. Could you give me like a really big death scene in this movie? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what uh, would be great is if he comes crashing into the place like as the fight is breaking the worst on mm. these scooter boys, okay. and he comes breaking in to try desperately to save them, even though he's been jawing at them the whole time, you mm-hmm. know. And he comes in maybe with like an actual like an iron knife, you know. And 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 then and and or an iron cross, you know, at least, right? An iron cross, something yeah. like that. He gets killed, and then our ace face picks up that iron cross and just goes to work on these. On these okay, days. let's no, let's double down on that. So we need we need a go go leader. There needs to be like a grand a grand dame of the of the go go girls. It could either be like the alpha go go girl, or it could be like I don't know, some kind of ancient a spirit thing like it could be like a vampire lord kind of character i kind of like oh, the idea so of like a grand so a gra- like, a, like a madam yeah that's what i was like a madam and then the dancers are kind of like her thralls yeah not that they're like prostitutes but yeah let's use that model no, she's the yeah. older lady right okay right, so i like that they're like fighting through the club and they right. get to the to the grand dam and peter cushing's character is carrying this iron cross the whole time and like, he runs into the room and he has like long, crazy hair and wild eyes and all that stuff. And yeah. she's like, she's this very like Jaja Gabor, like reserved, beautiful, like, you know, vixen lady. And as he runs in, he's going to stab her and he's like walking towards her with the cross. They're having a cool dialogue uh, about how good is stood against evil forever or whatever. He clicks a button and a blade comes out of the bottom of the cross and he <laughs> raises it to stab her. She catches his arm and chokes him out. And like drains him in front of the mods. Oh, the that's left. So the ace face who's left. That. So he dies. He has this big dramatic. He chews the scenery for about a minute of him like, no, oh, my whole life. But oh no. Uh, you know what? It's actually gonna be really good because he's such a good actor. Even in the mm. worst hammer films he's in, when they give him something like that, he's so tasteful that it'll actually there'll actually be like a nice emotional moment. Yes. While he's being brutally but, fucking murdered. Yes, but the in quotes master vampire, vampire lord, chokes him out. She drops the, 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 you know, she lets go of his wrist. The cross falls harmlessly to the ground. She lets go of his neck. She looks at the mods and is like, what will you do to me? Come on, I'm going to kill you, whatever. She does that thing where she holds up her hands and they have her on a dolly where she just starts moving across the room towards them. And I think oh, I face does like an Aikido roll gets the gets the the cross and stabs her and she's like ah! and she fucking burns up and turns into smoke and whatever well and then the other then the dancers who are left fall over they're on fire yes. and then and, they- and the cool club the illusion of the cool club dissolves so we I see lo- it for what it really is 
it's just a series of like still shots crossfading from like cool club into like I don't know what should it be? Should it be like an old church? No, oh, no. What I was warehouse? thinking was it would it would be like a bit not Stonehenge, but just bare bones pillars like an ancient. Oh, cool. Yeah, like columns yeah. sticking out of the ground. Yeah, Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Just fucking shit hanging off of them, ivy and cobwebs and shit, and and then you see them dissolve too right yeah like, totally yeah so clear it disappears and then that's and then that's because it's a it's a hammer flick that's when you just get the the end yeah they, yeah, they look around they look yeah. around nobody yeah. says anything the end that's it that's it dude that's <laughs> man that's god damn i want to watch this movie that's tidy i would watch the fuck out of that that's a really good flick God, the the girls are going to be. Be- You've watched Hammer films, like you know the girls are going to be beautiful and the guys are going to. Oh be- yeah, they're getting a bunch of like they're getting a bunch of page four girls to like put on go go outfits and pretend you know, to be vampires. Those- like that's great. That works. That works all day. A lot of those Hammer actresses came from Italy and Spain. You know, just sure, gorgeous. Yeah. A lot of the page four girls do. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So like, that's a really nice movie right there. Well, there you go. That's Go Go Ghouls. That that's, is uh, not a. That's not what I thought we would end up with. That is not how I thought we would get there. And I had a blast doing it. Yeah. So thank, thank you very much, Ryan Walker, for that suggestion. Thank you for Go Go Ghouls. It just is fun. It's just a good, good cool movie, man. Well, and when you said the title, I instantly was like, I don't want to do Crip Crushers again. I don't want to do Crip Crushers again. Instead, well, we and, went... And we got to do a movie that was like in the in the 50s and 60s which like i've been wanting to do like some more classic b-movie stuff and this this scratched that itch in a big way there's only there's only a few of our tentpole genres that we haven't hit we haven't done sword and sorcery yet or sword and mm-hmm. oh, god i'm sorry audience i'm sorry ahead of time for the one we do sword and sorcery because i'm gonna it be it is just going to be, oh, I'm gonna be intolerable during that one so our character bar is trying to hunt he's trying to defeat the forces of Yorg, who was spawned many <laughs> ages ago um, in the I, Westlands. And, you know, yeah. It's, I, I am Dar. <laughs> I, am, I am Dar. Kodo, Podo, come with me to stop the evil king. I am Dar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. I should uh, do a God Made a Farmer that's just I am Dar. <laughs> there was a ferret named Kodo <laughs> and another one named Podo. So, I am Dar. <laughs> talk about it my stepfather taught me how to throw the sacred chakram i am dar <laughs> I can't breathe. it's good it's very good i'm sorry it's very good it's very good i once saw an eagle lift a little boy up carry him into the sky i am dar <laughs> will you thank somebody <laughs> i would like to thank brian Aaron. <laughs> our voiceover at the beginning of every episode thank you very much brian uh you can find brian over at his website brianarensvo.com if you pay him he'll do a little dar impression then uh for your <laughs> for your various needs yeah i'll do it for free but you can probably pay him to do it too yeah and uh, i would i would like to thank uh, uh pinko while i can breathe the band pinko for letting us use their song oedipus sex from their self-titled album uh as our theme music it's a very rocking song that i enjoy very very much and uh we do have a screening coming up november 30th at our uh our regular hangout now which is at kunstler brewery in fabulous san antonio texas and uh, that'll be at eight o'clock on november 30th and we are showing the jean-claude van damme classic 
with a capital classic, Time Cup. Do you have anything I, else, uh, Blair? I really don't, but I would like to ask who the hell you are. I'm Dar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Drew Hicks. I'm Blair Hicks. The search for Planet X continues. <laughs> <laughs> Ding 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 